The Denver Broncos have several interviews scheduled with some head coaching candidates. And one interesting question, could one of those candidates, if in fact their team makes it to the Super Bowl, could they wait that long? Can the Broncos afford to wait that long? We talk about that. Not to mention the Broncos could have a brand new owner here in the 2022 NFL season. And which head coach in a mailbag question could best accommodate a young quarterback or Drew Locke, if that's still in the cards? Sarah Benninger, myself, we break that down and much more on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Broncos country? Welcome back into a brand new episode of Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast here on the Locked On NFL Network, your team every day from the South Stands to the end zone. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, joined alongside by my co-host, Sarah Bettinger. Both of us, we cover the Denver Broncos for the Locked On Network and Nine News. Thank you so much for making Locked On Broncos your first listen of the day. You can get this podcast free and available everywhere you get your podcast, not to mention you can watch us on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button. Turn on notifications so you never miss out on all the action. Sarah, my friend, hey, great to see you here. Once again, George Payton, staying busy. The Broncos now have some interviews that are set with some potential head coaching candidates. I'm super excited about that. Obviously, it's going to be led by George Payton and his council as they travel to these candidates. I'm super stoked about this, my friend, and we're going to break it down here today. How you doing? Doing great, Cody, and I'm excited as well. You know, it's it's getting underway. You know, the search is underway, and we'll see kind of what happens. And since we recorded, they've added another candidate, Brian Callahan from the Cincinnati Bengals. So that list just keeps growing. I, we'll see what today brings, you know. But, man, it, it's it's going to be fun to, to see kind of how this goes. I love that George Payton and his contingency are flying to these coordinators and, and, and coaches and not necessarily making them fly to Denver. Obviously, they've most of them have a lot going on, but it, it kicks off on Thursday right here with Aaron Glenn, the defensive coordinator of the Detroit Lions. I think that's, you know, kind of a fun place to start. Definitely going to be interested to hear kind of how his presentation goes. Well, you knew even for me, too, I, I started to think about it a lot more. George Payton, this is kind of like a, an NFC North recast he's going through. And obviously a lot of names that he's been familiar with while he was with Minnesota, maybe people he's competed with, had conversations with when talking about things inside the division there. Something to see there. Obviously, you mentioned Aaron Glenn. I'm a little bit more intrigued here for the Ted Lasso of this head coaching <laughs> cycle, according to you. It's a very popular thing. Look, it's probably going to get picked up by Broncos country, Sarah. So all credit goes to you that Nathaniel Hackett, Green Bay Packers offensive coordinator is the real life version of Ted Lasso here. So keeping an eye on that, the Broncos, they're traveling to Green Bay on Friday. They're going to stay there for a couple days. They're going to conduct an interview with him on Friday. Obviously, for the offensive coordinator, they're planning. They got the first round by, so it's easy. It would be a lot more of a difficult task right now for the Packers to be able to give that opportunity to hack it if they were playing this weekend, but they have time to rest. But it's not the only Packers contingency that they're also taking a look at as well. Who are the Broncos going out and interviewing on Saturday, Sarah? They're going to go out and, and take a look at Luke the Great Getze, you know, from the Packers uh, quarterbacks coach, former wide receivers coach, passing game coordinator. I have a hard time believing that George Payton is going to leave Green Bay, Cody, without being unbelievably impressed. And I don't know a whole lot about Getze. I've watched a couple interviews with him, like the things that he said. And I, obviously, you like the fact that he's worked with some really great players in recent years, but my mind right now, Cody, I can't get past Nathaniel Hackett. To me, he's the number one candidate for the Denver Broncos. And I, I go back to 2017. Remember the Denver Broncos at that time, you know, it was it was only three years at that time, 2015, 2016. 
I guess it was only two years. So 2015, 2016, a really bad offensive play. We had just drafted Paxton Lynch in the first round the year prior. So in 2017, we're all sitting here thinking, I'm, I'm looking at old tweets last night, trying to remember this time and trying to remember, okay, like, you know, was it as similar as I think? We're all sitting there in 2017 and I'm reading through these tweets about how Kyle Shanahan is the perfect fit for the Denver Broncos. He's exactly what they need. The offense has been so bad. You know, we need an offensive guy to come in and work with a young QB. We need an offensive, you know, minded head coach to come in. I don't know if, and all those things, you know, we look back at the 2017. I feel like all of those things apply to the search in 2022. I really do. I feel like the Broncos are at such a similar spot. You got plenty of talent on the defensive side of the ball. Heck, you've even got a coordinator. Remember back in 2017, everybody wanted to pair up Kyle Shanahan with Wade Phillips, Cody, if you remember that correctly. And and everybody wanted to see that happen. This year, a lot of people are talking about maybe keeping around Ed Donatel, and you could pair him with an offensive-minded head coach. So I have a hard time believing that George Payton is going to come away from Green Bay without being super impressed by Nathaniel Hackett. And maybe, you know, maybe Getzey as well. well. We'll kind of have to wait and see on that. But to me, the the real-life Ted Lasso, he's got to be the front runner for me at this point in time. What an interesting question too, right? And I think everyone's thinking about this as well because the Broncos wide net, they're going to look at 10 candidates as we're speaking right now. These are only just a couple, right? So I think there's an interesting question. You know, if the Broncos, would they make a decision after this round of interviews and maybe forsake some of the other interviews? I, I, I go back and forth and I feel like it, it would be hard. It'd be risky to do that. But if George Payton and council come out of those meetings, those interviews and say, hey, this is the guy. We know it based on what we've been dealing with the last however many years. This is the one. Maybe they go through and they say they have this conversation where he is the guy. They do the other interviews out of due diligence just to be able to honor that. I'm not sure here. But if the Broncos find the guy, it's an interesting question. I mean, how do you view it, Sarah? I think that's a very valid question, Cody. And it makes you wonder, you know, if they come away really impressed from one of these interviews and then you even like you said, you go through the other interviews as kind of just like, all right, let's let's finish this process and just see. I feel like there's nothing wrong with potentially naming a head coach, even if that guy is still in the playoffs. I mean, you could easily you could just as easily say, hey, look, as soon as. You know, such and such team, whether it's the Packers or whether it's the Cowboys or who, whoever it may be, when such and such a team is is done with their playoff run, like this guy's our coach. I, you don't hear that a ton, but I, I don't feel like you necessarily either have to wait. And I remember back, remember back in 2015 when Kyle Shanahan was with the Atlanta Falcons. I feel like a lot of teams passed up on interviewing him before he because he didn't get hired until 2017, so he had another entire year as a coordinator. But I remember at that time thinking like, man, you know, uh, you wish that you could interview this guy, but he's still in the playoffs right now and he can't until after. And so I think teams just passed on him because he was still in the playoffs. And I don't feel like the Broncos should make that same mistake. I think, you know, you can't sacrifice the next five years for what's going to transpire over the next four to five weeks. So you have to be willing if you're George Payton, in my opinion, You've got to be willing to wait, even though there are things like the timeline is moving, whether or not you have a coach or not, like things are moving (laughs) forward. So I I just don't feel like he should be impatient with this process. 
I think you make some great points there too. I mean, it, it's very hard. Like you don't want to rush to a quick decision, but you don't want to be too impatient to where you don't want to wait it out as long as you need to. Right. And that might be confusing to fans hearing me say that, but it's kind of like, where's the middle ground here? Like, how do you find the right timeline to find the next head coach for your organization? And obviously respecting, I mean, I think one thing we've seen in the college game too, I'll go to Dan Lanning. He's the next head coach for the university of Oregon. He was still able to coach in a national championship for Georgia there. So, I mean, maybe if there, terms you come to terms on it maybe it's not official till after maybe you do have those processes in place something to keep an eye on here ladies and gentlemen but broncos country coming up here in just a moment we're talking about a new development in the broncos ownership situation could they have a brand new owner in place before the 2022 nfl season could it be peyton manning with a little bit of stake could it be john elway could it be both we talk about it we weigh the pros and cons coming up here in just a moment but before we do that let me tell you about the sponsor of today's episode lockdown broncos are good friends over there online gambling Obviously, as the Super Bowl is coming up, ladies and gentlemen, information is super important. The NFL playoffs are here, wild card weekend. You need all the relevant information, especially if you are going to put your money on the line. We're all looking for an edge these days, and I'd like to thank OnlineGambling.com for sponsoring today's episode of Lockdown Broncos. If you don't already know, OnlineGambling.com is a website that's dedicated to giving bettors the edge. Throughout the playoffs, they're providing you with the best NFL tips, news, and more to help make your bets as informed as ever. The experts at OnlineGambling.com have set the early challenge of me putting my own knowledge to the test and coming up with my own early Super projections to see how much of an expert I really am. We'll be keeping a close eye on this prediction, and for me, Sarah, it's really going to be the Green Bay Packers versus the Cincinnati Bengals. We'll keep an eye to see if this prediction does come true all throughout the playoffs, and if you're planning on placing a bet during the playoffs, make sure you head to OnlineGambling.com before you do. OnlineGambling.com gives bettors the edge to providing the best and most trusted experience online all day every day. That includes their OG tips section where you'll find their own Super Bowl picks as well as the inside track on how to beat the odds throughout the NFL playoffs. Make sure you visit onlinegambling.com slash NFL for all the latest gambling news, tips, and info to beat the odds and give you the edge throughout the playoffs. Remember, onlinegambling.com slash NFL to make the most of this year's NFL playoffs. All right, sir, jumping into the second half action on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. Once again, Broncos country, thank you so much for making this show your first listen of the day every single day. Whether it's available on your favorite podcasting provider, free, you get it every single day, ladies and gentlemen. And also, if you want to watch us here on YouTube, hit that subscribe button, turn on notifications so you never miss out on all the action. Sir, a new development has arisen in the Broncos ownership situation. Now, when we heard Joe Ellis's press conference on Sunday, he said, I can't comment because we're still in the legal process on it. But when it's resolved... I can comment. Well, guess what? It's been resolved here. And the court ruled against the first right of refusal for a sale for the organization. So this opens everything up for the Broncos to begin their transition of ownership that Joe Ellis said last year that they would outline right around this timeline, right after the season, you know, here as we approach February. So very excited news. I mean, but it's also kind of like scary, too, as well. And I think Broncos country is is excited but i i urge them to be kind of skeptical as well throughout the process and the reason i say that everyone says it and i was just actually i heard an old episode of lockdown broncos here with you and i and you had said like everybody believes that getting a new owner is going to fix all the issues that this team has the right owner can make changes that will obviously do that and this is something that the broncos really need to look into we don't know if it's going to be a singular owner we don't know if it's going to be an ownership group we know that those processes are playing out right now ever since this court ruling had happened 
but be careful what you wish for. You want the right owner in place, Broncos country. You want the guy or girl who's going to care about the organization the way that Pat Bowen did. And I think that that's the standard. If you can't find an owner that cares just as much as he did, I don't think they're the right fit there. So, I mean, that's how, how realistic is that to find? I don't know, Sarah, but kind of my thoughts on that. What are your thoughts right here? And maybe could it impact the Broncos head coaching search right now? You know, that's that's a really interesting piece of this whole situation right now. And I, I find the timing of this all very fascinating as well, Cody. I mean, obviously the Broncos are in transition at three of the probably most key positions in all of pro sports. Their their owner, their head coach, and then the quarterback position doesn't get it doesn't get any more, you know, muddy in terms of the future or anything with this team. But for the time being, I feel really good about George Payton being the one that's in charge of making the decisions in Denver. And I just, uh, this is where we caution everybody, like, be careful what you wish for, because George Payton is a football guy who's been around the game in many different capacities for many different years now, and he knows what he's doing out there. I'm not saying that somebody's just going to come in and buy the team and ruin the team, but man, I mean, how many times, again, we've warned this on the show before, how many times have we seen that? And not just in the NFL, but in a lot of different pro sports, even in Colorado sports. Yes. I mean, people are upset with ownership <laughs> and a number of other Colorado pro sports teams. So to me, you're absolutely right. You want to get somebody in there that loves the Broncos like Pat Bowen loved the Broncos. And of course, you know, it, it's going to be impossible to compare that. But we know. We know who John Elway is. We know who Peyton Manning is. We know that those guys, they love the city of Denver. They obviously love the Broncos, but they obviously also don't have enough money to just go out and, and buy those as much money as they've made that combined. If, if you were to combine their career earnings, you can't just buy the Denver Broncos. So <laughs> it's going to take, like you said, an ownership group and somebody with some deep pockets And I think, for me, this is the main key, Cody. If somebody that wants to buy the Denver Broncos is willing to bring on Elway or Peyton Manning as a potential co-owner in a minority stake sort of way, or or maybe the Manning brothers or the Manning family or whatever whatever the case may be, if they're willing to do that, that to me would show at least, you know, even without having seen them work in any capacity with the organization, that type of thing for me, hiring Elway or, or bringing Elway and, and Manning along or Elway or Manning, that would show me that they do care about the future of the franchise because those two guys, they represent what I think a lot of Broncos fans want in a new, you know, a new owner, to be honest with you. So that's how the way that I see it. Yeah, well, you know, it's crazy right now if you go on Twitter. Everybody in Broncos country, fans are fighting about John Elway versus Peyton Manning. Like, fans are trashing John Elway because of his time here in Denver as the GM. You know, look, John Elway made some bad decisions as a GM. He always tried to get the Broncos on a competitive path. He never wanted to accept a rebuild, which I think is understandable in the eyes of where he was at based on the talent that the Broncos had at various positions. And considering that quarterback, obviously, yes, I get it. I get that's the primary gripe. He took the Broncos by his decisions as an executive to two Super Bowls, winning one of them, winning countless AFC West championships, being AFC champions multiple times. This is the thing I think that frustrates me is this revisionist history in a sense where fans want to look at what John Elway did wrong as a GM and say, well, I don't want him to make any decisions as it pertains to ownership. Guess who wanted John Elway to be part of ownership for the Denver Broncos? Pat Bullen 
had said it. And John Elway said, I wish I would have taken him up on his offer. Like he even offered it way, 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 way back. So I want people to consider that here. But I think that the, the more likely process, and we've seen similar things happen with, with various teams, ownership groups, right? And so right now it's been discussed that maybe Peyton Manning, maybe John Elway right now, they're going to be part of two potential groups that are interested in buying the Broncos. Now, what I mean by that, Peyton Manning is involved with one group. John Elway is involved with another group. At this point in time, how a group decision owner, group ownership works is there's a minority stake. It wouldn't be Peyton Manning making all the sole decisions here for this organization. It wouldn't be John Elway making all the sole organizational decisions if he were, in fact, had a minority stake in ownership. It is a collaborative effort. It's almost like a board meeting where you get a group of these important decision makers together. And when any big decision is going to happen as it pertains to like firing a coach or making these changes here or doing this, they meet and they have to vote on it. It has to either be majority or unanimous, one or the other. But that's the thing. It's not just one person's decision. It is a collaborative effort. So keep in mind that I would much prefer that ownership group route here, Sarah, for the Denver Broncos than anything else. But something else that's really interesting. We mentioned Peyton Manning, John Elway, not being able to have enough money themselves to buy the team. You want to know why? Because the team is valued at over about $4.3 billion. Okay, that's a lot of money. I, I think you have all these, you know, you got a lot of billionaire owners out there and you have some local people that might be interested. However, you always have to exercise that caution as to what that would look like, whether it's a sole owner. A ownership group allows you to put multiple people and their money together to make it happen. So, I mean, I think the Broncos are headed towards being sold what does that mean for the team? I mean, I think it's going to open things up, Sarah. I'm I'm anxious about it. I know Broncos country split about it, but you know, here's the deal. Changes are coming, Broncos country. But I will exercise what Sarah said on this podcast many, many times. Be careful what you wish for. And Broncos country coming up here in just a moment. We're going to answer a mailbag question from a listener of the show who sent in a question about whether or not the next Broncos head coaching candidate, what could they do with a young guy like Drew Locke or another young quarterback potentially in the future? Sarah and I, we go and we have the pros and cons about the offensive minded candidates that the Broncos are set to interview coming up here in just a moment. But before we do that, let me tell you about the sponsor. Today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. So good friends over there at the Get Upside app. Ladies and gentlemen, you never have to pay full price at the gas pump ever again. Let me tell you about an incredible app and that is the Get Upset app. You can download it free in the Apple Store or the Google Store today. And when you sign up, just download the app, use promo code TOUCHDOWN, and they're going to give you an additional $0.25 cents per gallon on top of the $0.25 cents per gallon they give you every single time you fill up your tank with the Get Upside app. Ladies and gentlemen, promo code TOUCHDOWN, once again, will give you an additional $0.25 cents per gallon on top of the $0.25 cents they already get you. That's $0.50 cents per gallon cash back on your first ever tank fill up with the Get Upside app. They make it easy for you to cash out as well. You get the points instantly in your account and you can cash out by connecting your bank account paypal or other e-gift card brands like amazon and other brands so once again download the free get upside app today and use promo code touchdown to get that additional 25 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank fill up today with the get upside app and our good friends over there betonline.ag and betonline would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond betonline remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for the 2022 season new year and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit just use promo code lockdown to get started from football basketball hockey boxing and ufc right to your favorite vegas casino games don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022 betonline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports bet online 
where the game starts. All right, so as we jump into the fourth quarter action on today's episode, Locked on Broncos, we're getting into a mailbag question we received from a viewer here of the show. Thank you so much for submitting your questions to us on Twitter, at Cody Rourke NFL, at Sarah Bettinger, at Locked on Broncos. But the question comes in as, which head coaching candidate, potentially being interviewed, could best accommodate Drew Locke, or any young quarterback for that matter. So, Sarah, I mean, I think this is a great one. Let's start things off here under the Sean McVay tree with, uh, with Kevin O'Connell. I mean, in your opinion, what could a guy like this do, maybe with a guy like Drew Locke, if he stays with any organization, or if the Broncos decide to go with a young guy in the NFL draft? I think it could be a huge help, to be honest with you. And I, I feel like this should be a huge, huge, huge priority for George Payton, and I, I don't want to limit the head coaching search to only offensive guys, but at the same time, look, we've seen what a lack of a, a consistent presence at the offensive coordinator spot does for young quarterbacks. We've seen it repeatedly now. We saw it with Paxton Lynch. We've now seen it with Drew Locke. The lack of continuity, the the I don't want to say lack of star power because that's not necessarily the right way of looking at it. But, I mean, the you go back again to the Kyle Shanahan issue back in 2017. You just can't help but wonder if things would have been different had you hired a guy like that who is known for developing quarterbacks. And, of course, you know, I, I can't sit here and say, well, Kevin O'Connell, he's the best, you know, quarterback developer of the bunch. But at the same time, you come from the Sean McVay coaching tree. We've seen even Zach Taylor, who was only – I believe he was only the passing game coordinator – for the Rams when he got the job with the Cincinnati Bengals. Now you've seen the, the work that he's been able to do with Joe Burrow and their weapons there. I, I just think that there's something there potentially that you could look at in terms of, okay, this guy's coming from a really good coaching tree. He's worked with some really good you know, people in the past. He obviously played for the New England Patriots, yada, yada. He's got lots of, lots of positive, you know, positive things going for him, worked with a lot of different really good coaches. And I feel like, you know, to circle it back to a guy we mentioned in the first segment, Nathaniel Hackett, who currently works for Matt LaFleur in Green Bay, I feel like that's another potential option that could really help in terms of developing young quarterbacks. Uh, it goes back to what you had said as well. And look, Nathaniel Hackett, a guy that took uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars, the AFC championship with Blake Bortles. I mean, there was a reason like when Aaron went on COVID this season for the Packers, there's a reason they brought in Blake Bortles, right? Because he got familiarity with Nathaniel Hackett, had his best overall career with him. So something to look at there. I mean, I, I think that ideally, whether it's Drew Locke, whether it's another young quarterback, we thought, and I think this is what Vic Fangio initially thought, the Broncos making the decision to go with Pat Shermer after the 2019 season, we had all thought that, okay, hey, maybe a young quarterback will benefit from a veteran play caller, a guy who's been, you know, been around offensive programs who obviously did a lot with Case Keenum of all people, you know, in that one season there in 2017. <laughs> but outside of that, I, I just couldn't wrap my head around after we saw the results after the first year. You know, we a lot of us, we asked the questions, was it COVID? That was the issue with the Broncos offense, not getting time to have continuity, all the changes losing Cortland Sutton but then when we saw everybody come back together I mean it was almost like okay hey look this Broncos offense it's the issue is not necessarily just quarterback it's play caller it's scheme and the scheme was often outdated to a point where it became so predictable other teams were picking up on it easily enough because they get coaching on that from their coaches all week who watch film and scout the team they're like all right hey look they're gonna do this on this second and long we even said it second and long you know what the Broncos are doing inside handoff bam we I mean we could <laughs> if we if we could bet on that and make a lot of money we would have been very rich there my friend so yeah, I, I think right. you got to do that 
Another name that's on this list, Brian Callahan. Obviously, we talk about the offensive coordinator here for the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, the Lockdown Bengals guys, they tweeted me in the Lockdown NFL DM that we have, and they said, don't take my OC, bro. Like, they were, they're very anxious <laughs> about that. So, obviously, what he's been able to do with Joe Burrow, I, I think it helps, though. Having a young guy, like a younger offensive mind, connect with a younger quarterback, it's easy to relate to that player as they go through the struggles of the NFL, trying to adapt from the college game, you know, and and – adding in an expanded playbook that I think is the most important part. So there is that. However, we did talk about an option yesterday too. a younger guy, only three years of NFL coaching experience has NFL experience as a backup quarterback as well. But Kelvin Moore of the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. And I think he's kind of maybe growing on a lot of people and, and there's reasons for that, right? Obviously he was, you know, a backup quarterback to Dak Prescott before he was his offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach. So, but, but when he became the offensive coordinator, I believe it was 2019. That's when Dak really skyrocketed and the Cowboys offense really skyrocketed. And one thing that I think like I've, I've been selling Kellen Moore quite a bit short in this process, just because of the fact that like, I don't I don't necessarily vibe with his personality a ton. I don't know. I, I guess I don't know the guy personally, but just what you see from him, what you hear from him, he's very, you know, he's very kind of just like relaxed, easygoing. Um, definitely seems like a, a gym rat type of quarterback, if that resonates <laughs> with anybody. But to me, I, you look at him, the way that he's been able to put together balance with the offense and utilize all the weapons, that might be more attractive to me than just the fact that like, okay, he he stepped into a situation where Dak was already really good. Now it's like, it make him even better. Kind of blow the blow the lid off this thing and just make it, make it all work. And he was able to do that and Dak was taking next steps and so it's a it's such a tangled web, Cody, I feel like. And for the Cowboys to have had such success that they've had with Kellen Moore coordinating the offense, you really want to see that kind of a thing in Denver. I just don't know. Is he, you know, is he the next Kyle Shanahan, McVay, you know, type of guy? Or is he really best suited to be an offensive coordinator? Like, is he in the perfect job for for him right now so yeah that's gonna be that's gonna be the one thing that i think but the fact that he has done such a great job with dak prescott and those weapons in dallas that kind of gives you confidence like if the broncos do have to roll with drew lock which that's where this question was bred out of right like there is a situation that exists and i've said this before i'll say it again there is a situation that exists where aaron Rodgers or russell wilson or those guys they don't come to denver yeah. in 2022 and if that doesn't happen that's to me where the 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 wheels fall off the train of hiring a defensive centric head coach because at that point you're talking about at even a best case scenario look at the cincinnati Bengals right now they're going to be potentially losing their offensive coordinator because the, the broncos aren't the only spot that Callahan is interviewing so yeah I mean you're, you're talking about turnover and shuffling at the offensive coordinator spot and that's not good for a quarterback I, I, 14 of the 14 playoff teams nine of them have offensive minded head coaches and of the defensive minded head coaches one of them is obviously Bill Belichick who has Josh McDaniels so it to me it's just so so crucial to get an offensive guy in there especially because of this what this question is bred out of the young quarterback being put in a position to succeed. I will say this too, regardless of who the head coach is, you mentioned it here, quarterback development is going to be necessary. Player development, roster development, that has to be a continued emphasis because under Vance Joseph, it simply wasn't. Now, I'd say under Vic Fangio, 
player development was except quarterback development. There really wasn't an emphasis on that. So you have to expand that out a little bit here. You have to give guys time to develop and you have to bring the right pieces around. I think the staff is going to matter. <clears throat> Jeez Louise. I think the staff is going to matter the most when we talk about that. And I will, I'll make one more interesting point here on Kellen Moore before we get off on the show here today. It was interesting enough to me though, that I found that when Mike McCarthy was on the COVID list and had to miss a game, who is the head acting head coach? It was Dan Quinn instead of a guy like Kellen Moore. So that to me, I, I don't know. Like, is that an internal view and maybe how Jerry Jones views it? Because I know Jerry Jones likes Kellen Moore, doesn't want him to leave. But, you know, then again, I, I don't know. These decisions, I mean, they we look at them from the outside, like outside in, and we're like, is it this way? Is it a situation like this? And we, we come to the conclusions that we do, but obviously we, we're open to interpretation and, and certainly being wrong at times. That's happens. You know, I've been wrong many times about my views on things as it pertains to football. So, but ladies and gentlemen, that's why we do it. We enjoyed the discussion and send in your questions, your comments here on YouTube at Locked on Broncos. We appreciate you contributing your time and your energy talking football. We'll both Sitter Benninger and myself, Denver Broncos football talk all season long. The Broncos getting ready to begin their head coaching interview process. They'll have you going all throughout the weekend. We'll keep you covered here on the Lockdown Broncos podcast for more. But until tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen, Sarah Bettinger and myself, <clears throat> Sarah Bettinger and myself, we'll say goodbye. We'll see you tomorrow for a brand new episode, Lockdown Broncos.